0: confused by all those autofocus settings on your DSLR? Well, today we deconstruct them with how to choose the right autofocus setting on episode 77 of the Shutterbug Life Podcast. Hi there and welcome again to the Shutterbug Life Podcast. This is your weekly photography lifestyle podcast. We're building a lifestyle around creating great pictures, building an audience, and making an impact with our work. I'm your host, Linford Morton, and you, of course, can call me Lynn, and this is episode 77. Today, we're going to talk about choosing the right autofocus settings. And this episode is brought to you by the Shuttlebug Mentoring Club. And I'll tell you a little bit more about it at the end of the episode because the topic actually came from within the Shuttlebug Mentoring Club, from one of our members. So it, it all works together. I noticed that... Picking the right autofocus setting is one of those things that uh, early photographers struggle with, and uh, I do want to go back and start going go back to basics and cover some some basic photography principles as well as some of the other things we've been talking about lately. So that's what we'll do in this episode, and uh, we'll get started right after this. <laughs> Have you ever tried to make sense of those autofocus alphabet soup settings on the back of your camera? Well, if you said, yeah, and if it's frustrated you, you're not alone. I find that this frustrates so many DSLR shooters. And while it does, it's still something we need to master. Very often, choosing the right setting here with autofocus now becomes a difference between getting a blurry image or a sharp image. And we sort of know this, but it's still sometimes easier to grab a default setting or worse yet, just take whatever the camera gives you. So I know this is an inherently visual topic, but I think we can talk through some of these these choices and, and these settings. I'll have some... Images on the show notes page for you to use and follow along um, If you want some some visual examples, all right, okay, so let's get started if you are now going to Think about and choose the correct autofocus setting the first thing you ought to know is you are going to be looking at focus points now, focus points are the little empty squares or the little red dots you might see when you look through your viewfinder. And uh, depending on the camera you have, you might see different numbers of them. You might see in very old cameras only three and, and a lot of the new newer ones, anything from 9 to 11 to 51 and just, you know, continuing on and on and you see these these little squares or this this little red dot these red dots when you look through your viewfinder and it's basically trying to tell you that this is what the camera will focus on so when you swing you see when you depress your shutter and you see one of them light up over something in your viewfinder the camera is usually telling you, hey, this is what I'm focusing on, meaning if this is what you care about and this is what you want to have sharp, then you're in good shape. The difference often between entry level cameras and uh, and professional ones are often found many one of the, the significant differences would be in the autofocus types and points that your camera will use. The more the, the more expensive or or higher level cameras will have more of these autofocus points and the professional ones will have them covering a wider range of your viewfinder. Meaning on your entry level you might have a cluster of them but they'll only be in the center of the viewfinder so if your subject is off to one of the edges or corners it might be tough for the well you can't get the autofocus to lock in and as you go up you have more of them and they're more spread out and so now you can from edge to edge lock in your autofocus so these are your your focus points now Knowing this, there are a number of autofocus modes you can choose. One, the first one is the single autofocus, and it's known as in Nikon world as AFS, autofocus single, and or one shot AF in the Canon world. Now, in this mode, you will pick one focus point, and your camera will look for contrast for that single focus point. When you depress your shutter, and and the camera finds that focus point, it snaps into focus, and once it's focused, it locks. And for many of the cameras, when that happens, you will hear a beep. Or you'll see a solid light in the bottom of your viewfinder, where there's green or white or whatever, goes solid, and and the camera's telling you now that, hey, we locked in and focused on we locked in and focused on this subject. Now, this will lock there, so that now. If you need to recompose, if you're still holding the shutter down slightly and you move the camera slightly left or right because you want to change your composition a little bit, then if you do that, the camera still has that subject in focus. So let's say I am photographing and doing a portrait and I lock in on my subject's eyes, but my autofocus point is in the center. And I don't want to take the shot with my subject dead center, of course. So once I go, I, lo- I depress the shutter slightly, I hear beep, then I can move my camera left or right slightly, not changing the distance between myself and the sub- subject, of course, because, you know, th- that's what keeps it in focus. But I can just move slightly left or right, meaning I can move the subject within the frame left or right to change my composition. And I can be comfortable that it's that subject is still going to be sharply in focus. Now, this single autofocus mode is is best for subjects that are stationary. Because if your subject is moving, it likely won't won't, won't lock in focus because the camera's looking for a stationary subject for this to work. And so if you are at, at a sporting game, at a sporting event, for instance, and the subjects are moving around and you are in AFS or one. Or, or one shot autofocus mode, the camera is going to have a tough time because it's looking for a stationary subject. And until it finds one, it probably won't let you depress your shutter. So if you're ever trying to take a photograph and the camera just won't let you take the photograph, that's one thing to look at to diagnose what might be wrong. Okay? So that's your single autofocus mode, AFS or one-shot AF on the back of the Canon. Now, the other mode is called a continuous or AI servo, servo focus mode. Now, AFC for Nikon shooters, and for Canon shooters, it's AI servo mode. The, the thing, now, I'm, I'm just giving you Nikon and Canon, but the other manufacturers usually use one of these um, naming conventions. So, even though, even if you don't have one of these two brands, you should still be able to to follow along because one of the naming conventions will likely be used on your camera. I can't really um, go into every brand on these tutorials, but with these two, we know we covered a good chunk of the market. So, anyway, back to continuous AI servo mode. Now, this mode is used for tracking moving subjects. And so if you're shooting sports or wildlife, this is one, this is the mode you're going to choose, AFC or AI servo on the Canon. And what this does is it analyzes subject movement. And when it sees subjects moving, your subject moving, it predicts where it's going to be. And with that, prediction point when you depress the shutter it it works the magical algorithm so that wherever the subject is at that point that's where it it focuses and lets you shoot so this is for something that's moving while you are trying to take the photograph so let's say you are Out walking the dog, you're, you're with the dog at the dog park. I see this all the time, right? People take the dog to the dog park and the dog, you know, takes off running as soon as the leash comes off of, you know, her, her, her collar. She goes, you know, flying to the other end of the dog park and you're standing there with your camera and now the dog, you know, you get low so you can get a good shot. The dog sees you going low, thinks, oh, it's time to play. And now she comes running at you full speed. Now, with your camera in AFC or AI servo mode, as the dog is running toward you, when you place the autofocus point on top of the dog, as it's running toward you, the autofocus is continuing to focus the whole time She's running toward you. So whenever you depress the shutter, you can, you should be able to get a good sharp action shot. Same thing with birds, same thing with sports or anything like that. The continuous servo mode is designed to track a moving subject so that it keeps it in focus and you can get an action shot. Now, compared to the the, the single autofocus, the one we talked about previously, remember we said the camera won't let you take the photograph if the subject is moving. And in continuous mode, it does the exact opposite because it's, it's designed to take a moving subject. So as long as the subject is moving, it will, conti- it will shoot whenever you depress the shutter. Now the thing to be careful here is if you get used to doing the recomposing move from the AFS mode if you do this in in continuous mode you're going to really mess up the shot because you've got to keep that autofocus point on your subject in a future subject and if you try to recompose you're actually moving the autofocus point somewhere else in the frame and now losing that point of focus on your subject, so you've got to keep it um, locked in there and uh, make sure that your composition is is already set as you are tracking your subject. And if the subject is, if you're panning, this is a good. If you're panning, this is another good um, mode to use. So if if the you're panning with the subject moving left to right, for instance, you can just keep the AFC or AI servo button, um, it's sh- a mode rather, and with the shutter depressed halfway, you can continue to track them, track your subject in focus as it moves across the frame. All right, so that's yours, your continuous mode. Now, there is a hybrid mode that some cameras have. Nikons call it, we'll call this mode AFA, AF-Auto and it Canon will call it um AI focus or AF mode which basically means it's a hybrid and and so the camera starts looking for stationary subjects so it it starts in AFS or one shot for it, the effect of it is and so when you are depressing the shutter. It's looking for, again, like in AFS mode, a subject that's stationary so it can lock in. Now, in a, remember we said in AFS mode, it locks in and it locks in. But in this in this hybrid mode, it locks in. But after it's locked in, once it knows this is your subject, if your subject moves, it releases and tracks your subject. So let's go back to the dog park. Your your pup is sitting there, and and you know smiling like, "Hey, hey, I, you know, there's a treat coming." So I'm going to sit and and be perfectly obedient so I can get this treat. And you lock in, okay? Now, once you once once the, the pup gets the treat, she takes off running to go play. And so if you are locked in and it, and it moves, it will continue, it will release that autofocus and continue focusing as it's moving. I know these aren't perfect examples, but I I think you get where I'm going with this. Someone is on a bicycle and they are at a standstill and you lock in focus in this hybrid mode. Once the light changes and they start riding again, the autofocus will release and follow them so that you can um make keep your subject in focus. So this is a a hybrid mode. It's AFA a Nikon and uh, AI focus for Canon. Now you will see a lot of times the cameras will default to this mode as they think it's the most flexible. I I, I happen to think that's not the case. I you know i 've tried to use this quite a bit, and it it works well until it doesn 't meaning if you are if you have to lock in like like you at a stationary subject it 's great, but if you are like me and try and and do quick um recomposing sometimes i've found that fools the camera the camera actually thinks the subject moves. And releases the autofocus. So I find that it's best to either pick the stationary AFS and or one shot or the continuous or AI servo, depending on what your needs are, rather than the 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 hybrid auto mode, because sometimes the best of both ends up giving you neither. So that's something to keep in mind. All right, so the other settings you might see are the autofocus area modes. Just to keep things a little more confusing. So in your camera, you might see this thing called a single point autofocus area mode, meaning of all the the autofocus points you see in your viewfinder only one is actually being used or or illuminated so that you see this one point and you can decide where you want to place that one point to focus so you take that one point you put it right over the eyes you depress the shutter lock in boom you know that the eyes are going to be sharp and if you with with the one or one point Single point autofocus, you can usually move that around by just changing th- your dial and, and so moving it through any one of the number of autofocus points your camera has. So if you, let's say your camera has 11, you can move around to any one of those 11. And once you've chosen one, for instance, like if you choose one on the far right because you're going to turn the camera portrait and you want that now to be on the top where the, the face will be, once you've selected that autofocus point, the camera usually leaves that alone and you can go ahead and, and know that it will always be there. And shoot with confidence knowing that, okay, this is where my autofocus point will be and I can place it over my subject and now move quickly because I'm now moving, I can now move deliberately and with confidence. You know, some people just like to leave that that single autofocus point in the center. That way you always know where it's going to be. And if you need to have your subject in another point of the viewfinder, you can lock in and then quickly recompose. So, I, these are all preferences. You'll have to experiment and see which works best for you. But with the point is with the single point autofocus mode, you have one point that you're locking in and you get to decide what that point is. And it makes it much simpler for you um, to lock in. Now, this is great for, again, for stationary subjects or for non-complex uh, kinds of of subjects and I'll explain what I mean when I get to the other one which is a dynamic autofocus area mode. So Nikon calls it dynamic, um Canon calls it calls it AF point expansion uh, autofocus area mode. You still choose your fo- your one focus point and the camera now acquires that focus point. But if the subject moves, the camera will use surrounding photo po- focus points to track the subject and keep it in focus. So this is now, now you're getting into, as I said, more complex situations. More like, um, now sports or, and or wildlife. So you're going to track your subject by panning. This is for now your subject is not just moving left to right, but it might also be moving, you know, front and back and left and right. So now the subject, so now the camera, once it knows what your subject is, can lock in on it and track it. So this is great for fast-moving subjects like birds. So, again, moving moving in, in unpredictable ways. And your higher-end DSLRs will let you control the number of surround and focus points you want to activate for this kind of shooting. Now, some... DSLRs will also have 3D tracking you'll actually, you know, pick your autofocus point again and the camera will choose to activate as many autofocus points as it needed to track the subject. So if you are, for instance, tracking a different color bird, like a, um, a green bird, for instance, and all the other birds are black, then uh, the camera can have an easier time in 3D mode tracking and following. Okay, so that's one of the more complex modes. And this is, of course, if you are photographing birds or even uh, um, sports where non-team sports or even team sports where you are locking in on a subject and you don't want to the camera to... For for instance, release it by mistake if someone else from the opposing team runs in front of um, the camera while you're still tracking it. The camera will still be locked on to your subject, so that's that's kind of cool. Okay, now the 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 other one is your is your def- sort of a basic default called the auto auto area autofocus mode. And in many of your your entry level cameras, you'll see this option just looking like a solid a solid block um, on, as the icon, meaning uh, you don't see any actual points because you, in this mode you don't get to select which autofocus points the camera will use. Now the camera thinks it's smart, and so it's looking for skin tone on a person in the frame and when it's it finds skin tone it automatically tries to focus there and then it'll give priority to the person who is closest to the camera and so when it sees a person and it sees a person close to the camera it assumes that's your subject and locks in and focuses there and if there are no people there then it just looks for whatever's largest and most prominent in the frame and it chooses to focus there. So you know, this mode is again, the camera trying to be, trying to be smart and choose for you what it thinks it should be. And, and many people will, will get their cameras there as a default from the manufacturer. And because you don't move that, that, that change that setting, it, you'll be stuck on this auto area. Autofocus mode. It's one of the first things I change on so many cameras when I'm doing um, coaching and uh, photo tours. <clears throat> so, because at the end of the day, you want to decide where you focus and not your camera. You know that if if you are focusing on a person who happens to be framed between in, in between a branch or a fence or something else that's closer to your camera, the camera might be fooled by the frame the framing um um the framing tool that you're using and not know that you really want to get the person who's further away or just whatever your subject is that's further away and so and then it's tough cuz you might miss the moment trying to get the camera to recognize what you really want it to focus on so you you want to almost never use this option the auto area autofocus mode because the camera's choosing for you and, uh, and you get the best results when you make your own decisions and not let your camera decide for you. Um, there's a group area autofocus mode in some of the higher end Nikons. <clears throat> and uh, if you have one of those, you probably know what it is. It's a uh, uh, it's again used for f- initial focus acquisition and tracking subjects. And, uh, and it is used for e- when we talked about unpredictable subjects, it gives you even more accuracy when you are tracking erratic subjects. Now, we can't end this discussion without talking about back button focus. And the back button focus is one of those you know, hot, bu- hot button, hot button debates in the photography community. It's like they all, you know, Nikon versus Canon, Raw versus JPEG, um, great taste, less filling, that kind of a thing. Do you use back button focus or not? And we talk, so the discussion up until now, in the discussion up until now, whenever we wanted to activate the autofocus, we depressed I'll shutter halfway or slightly, and that activated the autofocus. In a back button um, focus, what you're doing is removing the autofocus functionality from the front shutter and putting it onto one of the buttons on the back of the camera, hence the name. So you will see it in some Nikons on the AEL AFL button, which is usually used for exposure lock, but you can reassign that to make it back button focus. In your higher-end cameras, in, you will see it on the AF on button, and that's both Nikon and Canon, as well as the lower-end Canon is that little asterisk button, which is also your exposure lock button. So, the back button focus, what is, how is it used? So, now you, you won't be pressing your, your front, um, shutter button, shutter, if you are ready to focus or use your autofocus. So, it uses the, the, any one of those back buttons, and the, what happens is when you, press, depress that button and hold it down, the camera goes into a continuous focus, autofocus mode. Meaning as long as you're holding it down where, and, and you're placing that autofocus point on your subject, as long as you're holding it down, that, um, that autofocus is, is live and active and, and adjusting with your subject. And the moment you release it, it stops and then you take the picture with the shutter in the front of the camera. Now, why is this such a big deal? So, for it, people who 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 like this, they really love this. Be, they and and the reason is they say it gives you the best of both worlds. Meaning, you get the auto, you get the continuous, the effect of continuous, and when you release that back button it now the camera's almost like an, a stationary i mean afs mode or or one shot because you can now recompose and know that your camera's not going to change um the focus anymore so it's a cool way to get the best of both worlds so for instance you would use this if you were shooting a portrait Meaning I would have the back, you know, the subject is moving around. Then they stop and, you know, strike a pose. And I am tracking with my back button, depressed. And once I get um, the pose that I like, I release it. And if I need to recompose, I can do that and know that the eyes will still be sharp since that's where I, I released and locked in my autofocus. It also works for your sports. So you have someone riding a bicycle, a bird in flight, or any of the other action modes. You have the the back button pressed, depressed, and you, you're using that to follow. And then and and then while you're depressing that you just hit the shutter button, in the front of the camera when you're ready to actually shoot. And you know that in that continuous mode you're tracking it still so one of the other you know benefits um, you can get with this is because you are holding the the back uh, the the back button to lock in focus it shifts the weight of your hand there and so when you depress the shutter you're not depressing as as forcefully and uh, and that could theoretically could um, give you less of uh, less camera shake because you're not you you know you are balancing the pressure both in the back and the front of the camera at the same time so that's something else to consider and why wouldn't you use it mainly it just takes some getting used to and uh, for some people that's kind of tough I you know I'm gonna say that I'm one of those old farts who has been focusing with my front autofocus button for more than 20 years and and just never really got into using back button at all I, I I found that I have learned to use the front one proficiently enough for me so I always know what I'm good at getting and i'm I'm pretty pretty comfortable and confident that I can get the shot I need with the front. One and so I use that. It it boils down to, you know, whatever is convenient for you. But I know a lot of photographers use back button and and favor it almost uh, exclusively. So it's definitely worth looking into, because depending on what you shoot, it might just be a better option for you. All right. So we've just gone through all the settings, and man, you're thinking to yourself, that's a lot of information, Lynn. And I don't know if I'm going to be able to sort that and make any sense of it when I'm ready to shoot. I I hear you, and so I I I always like to get my my easy decision tree out. And here is your decision tree for your autofocus settings. And it's the same one I use for a lot of things. Is my subject? Is your subject moving? and you start with that. If if your subject is moving, if the answer is no, then you'll use the AFS or one-shot mode in for Canon. This locks in your focus based on your distance to your subject, and as long as your subject doesn't move and you don't move, you can recompose, do whatever you need to do, and know that your subject will still be sharp. So is your subject moving? And because AFS in one shot is uh, designed specifically for stationary subjects, if the answer is no, then this is an easy choice for you. Is your subject moving? If the answer is yes, my subject is moving, then, then your continuous mode is going to be your better option, your AFC or AI servo. My subject is moving and I know that now that I want to track it. So I'm going to choose that mode and know that wherever the subject goes, I can lock in and follow. Is your subject moving? No, but it might. This is what the, the auto or, or hybrid mode is is designed for my subject is not moving it has to lock in on a stationary subject but it might the bicyclist might get up and start riding the camera then releases and follows and so remember i said that's probably the least attractive of the three options but that's how it's best designed to work and if in most cases you're going to use your af your your single point autofocus because you get to decide what your auto fo- what you're going to focus on in most cases, the, your 80-20 rule. And if you are photographing something where your subject is moving and moving unpredictably and, and erratically, then you probably will want to look at one of the dynamic options. So there you go. That's how you decide which mode to choose using an easy decision tree. All right. I hope that's helpful for you. And again, check out the um, the show notes page for episode 77, and you will see some images there that will help to make this a little more um, uh, visual for you. All right. <laughs> Now the idea for this podcast episode actually came from one of the members in my in my mentoring club. She was having trouble with one of her with her camera and figuring out what was wrong with one of one of her autofocus points. So she popped into our private Facebook group, left a question there, and I tried to get, you know, I I, I try and monitor that most of the day and I saw that one fairly I think within the hour I could get in there and answer specifically with pictures of I grabbed some images of her camera and sent a response right back to her so that she could see what might what her issue might have been and make a quick correction so This is the kind of responsiveness you get in the Shu book mentoring club so it's designed to give you not just structure and accountability. But also your own personal mentor, which is me, plus plus the networking and support you get from your other mentors. Now, normally, if she had not been a member and sent me a question like that, I might have said, you know what, let me address this in in an upcoming episode of the podcast or blog, and when I get to it, I'll post it and let you know. And that's how I typically handle these kinds of things, because I can't really give in-depth answers to everyone who asks a question. So I try to do it in a way that helps the most uh, the most uh people, especially if I think the topic is one with, you know, a, lo- a greater applicability to most of our listeners. So that's how I did. But if you are in the mentoring club and you do that, I usually try and... Uh, drop what I'm doing to answer the question and in many cases go out and find resources for you that might help to illuminate even more so. If I think it calls for it like I think this subject will, I'll likely for this one record a video, record some video training on it so I can actually walk through this same topic and actually show you as I'm walking through it, how how this actually works on most cameras and where the buttons are. So, again, that's one of the benefits you get. So you get that you get access to training on on learning your DSLR, learning your camera and also creating a blogging platform and marketing and marketing your photography you'll have full curriculums and all of those in addition you get even more you f- even more support because there are two webinars per month where you can get um feedback on your images or your or your blogs or your platform in uh, in a critique session and or um, just learn from one of the, the discussion topics that we choose to talk about that month. So there's a lot of learning going on, and it's less than a dollar a day. So for $29 a month, you have all of this, all of the classes you can take on demand, as well as the constant mentoring and feedback. As well as the feedback on your images and blog or projects or whatever you're working on. All of that, $29 per month. You can learn more about it by going to ShutterbugMentoring.com, where you can also register. Well, that's it for another episode of the Shutterbug Life podcast. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. And I hope that you can now pick the correct autofocus settings with a little more confidence next time you're out shooting. Now, if you have questions about this, you can always just drop them into the comments. And then the other thing you can do is, if you see this in our Facebook group, then you can, of course, or on the on my Facebook page, you can uh, drop your questions there, and I'll be happy to respond. Now, if you like what we do, then please share it with a friend. You can, if you're on the website, there are some share buttons right there on the right of your screen that allow you to either share on Facebook or through email or just any variety of ways. Um, That's a very easy way for you to share the podcast with someone else. We do this every week, so don't miss another episode. You can subscribe by going to ShutterbugLife.com forward slash subscribe or on iTunes. Go to com to go straight to our iTunes page and subscribe there and make sure that you get every. Episode delivered directly to you, right? Thank you so much. I hope you had a good time. Remember, you can find us in between episodes in our Facebook group. Go to fb.shutterbuglife.com. And if you're ever in Washington, D.C. and New York, come on out and shoot with us sometimes, all right? Thank you so much. This is Lynn, and uh, thank you again for joining the shuttlebook Life podcast. I hope you have a great weekend. Wherever you go, whatever you do, Enjoy your shuttle book life. Take care.